It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Redskins. I'm your host, as always, Zach Hicks, and we have a fun show for today. We're going to break down the play of two awesome rookies for the Skins this year, one who has come on lately and one who has been injured a bit lately, but when he played earlier in the season, his impact was known. We're going to break down the play of Monte Nicholson, who is one of my favorite players on this Redskins team, one of my favorite players who is in the NFL right now, quite frankly, and Samaj P. Ryan, who has been really good these last couple weeks, and I'm going to break down why that is and how his improvement throughout the year has been a bright spot for this Redskins team. Now, before we jump into today's breakdowns, though, I do want to say that I'm very sorry for the mini hiatus I've been on these last couple days, you know, with with my 50-something hours of working in retail last week, along with Thanksgiving, trying to spend some time with my family, and also with just catching this really bad, uh, I think it's allergies right now, honestly, I'm, I'm feeling like crap right now, to be honest, uh, it's just all got to hit me at once, and I think it's mainly because of, you know, like the 50 to 55 hours of retail I worked this, this week as a manager, so I know I've been a little bit distant from the podcast, and my Redskins takes on on Twitter and everything like that, but Again, thank you guys for all your support and everything. It's been a blessing doing this podcast. And again, I'm very sorry about this hiatus I've been on. We're going to jump right into it this week, though, with five episodes like we always do. I know last week only had, I think, three, but we're going to get right back into five this week like normal. It's just last week was crazy with Thanksgiving and, and all the retail work. But to jump into today's podcast, let's start with the greatest player on this Redskins team, Monte Nicholson. Now, for those of you who are unfamiliar with Monte Nicholson and who he is, he is a rookie fourth-round pick out of Michigan State. He plays free safety. He plays a little bit strong when he was in college. And just to kind of go on what his draft profile was and, and kind of the work I did on him for breaking football and some other sites that I write for, I was a huge fan of Monte Nicholson. good friend of mine who's been on the podcast, Justin Gamble, at Gamscout on Twitter, mentioned his name to me early on in the process. And I really dug deep on this guy. I watched, I think it was like 14 to 15 of his college games, like, a lot of college football on just Monte Nicholson, you know, and I, I didn't have many resources, but I did whatever I could to watch this guy because he was so intriguing. You know, he's 6'2", like 215, has a perfect body, perfect build for a strong safety or free safety in the NFL. And then his speed and his vertical and everything like that is just off the charts. You know, I think he ran like a 4'4", jumped like 36 inches at the combine. I mean, just a specimen back there. And then when you watched him, he was actually healthy. If you watch his sophomore tape over his junior tape when he's in college, when you watch when he's healthy, he is a monster back there. He is not afraid to hit you. He is not afraid to kill you. And he has brought that sophomore tape that you watched into the NFL, which is something that is very, very promising for Redskins fans and for this Redskins team, that he has brought that elite level of play from his sophomore season to the NFL. Now, the reason why this specimen who loves to hit people, all this, I mean, everything you want in a safety, the reason why he fell to the fourth round and you know, a lot of people were actually saying the Redskins could have taken him later, so he could have even fallen further than that, was when you watched his junior year, he dealt with a lot of shoulder injuries. Like, his shoulder was really messed up for most of that season, and it really affected his play on the field. Like, he was kind of soft at times because he was scared of banging up that shoulder a little more, and also, he was very tentative in his coverage, so he got he had a lot of blown assignments, a lot of plays where he got beat on, and it was a really bad look. And I remember Matt Miller tweeted out, 
during the process. He said, has Monte Nicholson's jersey ever got dirty in college? Where I, That kind of put me in a rage, obviously, because I'm a huge Nicholson fan. I was like, oh, well, go watch the sophomore tape, and you'll see other people's jerseys all dirtied and bloodied from him because he'll kill you. But again, his junior year was not the greatest tape that you've ever seen. It wasn't even very good because he wasn't that dominating force he was his sophomore season. And a lot of that had to do with injury and style of play. He just had to change his style that year because, quite frankly, when you're hurt, you, you adjust your body. You know, I mean, that's what most people do. That's what most players do. When, when you're hurt, you can't be at the level that you want to be at. And you have to kind of change the way you play. And that's kind of what Nicholson did. He, he had to try to manage an, an injury. We're talking about, what, a 21-year-old kid trying to manage an injury in college. A severe shoulder injury that required surgery, which is probably going to require more surgery after this season, too, because he's been dealing with that, that shoulder again this year. So, yeah, he had to adjust how he played, and it was not at the level that Nicholson could play at. And when he's kind of come back and when he's come back strong this year, we have seen the level that this guy can play at, and we can see how good he really is. So kind of where my kind of draft profile ends with him is, I understand why he fell to the fourth round. I really do. It's just when you have a guy with, with that upside, with that size, that ability, that speed, that athleticism, he can do it all for you along with he has that ability to crush you. He has the desire to hit you. He has the want to kill you. He has the want to put you on your back every single play. I don't see how that guy fell even to the fourth round. I had him as a top eight, top 90 player in the draft. Again, I, I put him a little lower than what I should have just because his junior tape was not very good. And again, I also had some questions about his shoulder issues. But again, he is a guy that had all the upside in the world. And I really do think this guy can be the future at safety. So to kind of go into what he has done great this year, he brings a new level of range and athleticism to the secondary that the Redskins haven't had since, dare I say, Sean Taylor. And again, I'm not comparing him to Sean Taylor here. I'm not, especially on the week. You know, this this week was the anniversary of Sean Taylor's death. Rest in peace, Sean Taylor. I mean, greatest greatest safety I've ever seen play. I, I wear t number 21 all the time. I love that number. I love that player, everything he brought to the Redskins. But Nicholson kind of brings that same ability, but he brings that kind of speed, that kind of range, that kind of athleticism, and that willingness to hit that I haven't seen a Redskins safety do since Sean Taylor. So I'm not comparing the two, but, I mean, it, it's, it's eerily reminiscent of a younger Taylor. He's only played in limited capacities this year, but his best games by far, in my opinion, were the Raiders game and the Chiefs game when he really got to play a lot because Everett was dealing with some injuries. Again, Cravens is not playing in the season. So he really got thrown into the action early against two you know teams coming into the year that were really good. Now they're, they're kind of tailing off. But coming into the year, the Raiders and Chiefs were two teams that people were scared of. And Nicholson came out and really made his mark against the Raiders. I mean, early on, he had a huge pick where he displayed some elite range. I mean, one of the best plays I've seen by a safety this entire year where he's backpedaling, he's covering the middle of the field, and then he flips his hips real quick, gets back to the sideline after baiting Derek Carr, and makes a beautiful pick on the ball. And you just don't see that every week, especially from a Redskins safety again. So that was an outstanding play. And then that, throughout that entire game, just laying people out. I remember he knocked Michael Crabtree out for that game as well. And he was just all over the field. So if that's a Nicholson that we can get for an entire career or even an entire season, Redskins have themselves a Pro Bowl type safety back there. He really has that ability. I think another big element that he brings to the secondary too, which is really understated, which has really popped out these last couple of weeks with D'Angelo Hall, is teams are terrified to throw the ball deep against the Redskins when he was back there. And again, it's not because he's a proven star or anything like that. It's because when you have a guy with that speed, that range, that athleticism, along with the ability to hit, receivers don't want to run into the open space in the middle of the field. They don't want to run deep fly patterns. They don't want to run deep crossing patterns because they know they're going to get hit by a speeding truck. 
When D'Angelo Hall's back there, we saw it against the Vikings. When, De- when D'Angelo Hall was back there against the Vikings, Thylene and Diggs and all those guys, they were perfectly fine going across the middle. And honestly, they were just making body catches and doing run after catch. It was easy pickings for them. If a guy like Nicholson is back there, the second they're catching that ball, they're trying to get down because they know what's coming for them. And we saw it against the Chiefs. Albert Wilson on that big catch at the end of the game. Even though he did catch it, Albert Wilson caught that catch along the sidelines. And Nicholson laid him out. And even though, again, Wilson made that catch and the Chiefs ended up winning the game on field goal right after that, you see that kind of impact. You see that Wilson and Smith knew if there was still more into that game. We can't throw that pass every time because he's going to be there. Nicholson, even when he's trailing on a play, he's going to be there. And that that is a very underrated aspect of this player and what makes him a very good player you know, player for this team already, even though he's only played a couple games and sparingly in those games. Now, before we jump into the negatives of Monte Nicholson's game, and I know I'm, again, I'm a very biased person towards Monte, but I do have some negatives for him, believe it or not. Before we jump into that, I just want to give you guys a preview of what the, this week ahead is going to be like. So tomorrow we're going to have Don Ray Marinas of the Cowboys Wire. Yes, you guys all remember him from last time the Redskins played the Cowboys. He will be back on the podcast. We will break down this new Cowboys team that we're facing because it's not the same team. So he will be on tomorrow night. I got to still message him about that, but it will be tomorrow night so we can break down the game before Thursday. Thursday's game, we will be doing the good, the bad, and the ugly of the Cowboys. And Friday, we'll be, again, we'll be doing... Um, I'll, actually, Friday, we'll combine the mailbag section along with the, the player breakdown. So we'll see who wins player breakdown this week. So that'll be our... So be sure to turn to Locked On Redskins for some great contact this week, guys. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now to jump into some negatives in Monte Nicholson's game. One big problem is he does go for the big hit a lot more than what he should, where sometimes he does just need to make the wrap-up tackle. It is very good for a young player to have that willingness to hit. It really is. But when you're going too much for that big hit and it's causing you to miss some tackles, that's a problem. Now he has it hasn't come back to bite him in the butt yet. He has not missed many tackles this year, but it, de- it definitely will come. Another big problem is he does drop his head a lot when he is going to make contact. We saw it against Pierre Garçon in the San Fran game. He dropped his head, and Garçon just laid into him and knocked his helmet off and knocked him out of that game. Stuff like that are big problems with Nicholson, and he needs to be more careful with that with that body of his because I know it's a big frame. I know he's a big guy, but he does have injury problems, and he really needs to be careful with his body because Redskins can't afford to lose him for many more games. And, you know, we're seeing it with him being out these last couple games. The defense has really struggled. Now, I know last week they played against perhaps the worst offense in the NFL with the Giants, so... I don't really know how much stock to put into that. But against the the Saints and the Vikings, it really showed because his speed and athleticism is really missing on the back end. And if he's trying to do these big hits, if he's lowering his head into contact and you know putting himself out there to be injured, it's a problem for this Redskins team. It's a problem for this defense in general. And my last little flaw that I really have with this game is he does kind of get lost in coverage quite a bit. It's Again, it's not a huge issue because he, right now he does have that speed and athleticism to make up for those losses in coverage. And I really do think with coaching, along with spending more time with Torian Gray, when he's not injured and actually having a whole offseason with Torian Gray, is going to help him with that. So it's not really a huge issue right now, but it is something that is sticking out on tape. But that's all I really got on Nicholson. Again, 
I think if he can stay healthy and improve on a couple of these little flaws, I really do think he can be a star safety in the NFL, and I think he will be a cornerstone in the back end of this Redskins defense for many, many years to come. Now to jump into Samaj P. Ryan and what I thought of him kind of last, not just this year, going into this year, and what I actually thought of him as a prospect. See, this is actually kind of the benefit of us doing two rookies on today's breakdown that I actually scouted both these guys for breaking football before the year started, and I had a good feel for who they were coming into the NFL, which is good because, you know, when we do older players, I don't really know what the heck the scouting was like when they were coming in. But now that we're doing these two rookies, I actually understand what the scouting report was on them where I kind of had them and stuff like that. And it's kind of interesting to see how, they are, how they've grown during, throughout their rookie season with the Redskins. Now, to jump into what I thought of P. Ryan coming out of college, I really didn't see a whole lot of upside when it came to him. I saw a guy who would probably be in the pros for 9, 10, 12 years, whatever. I saw him as a backup type guy, though. I never really saw him as being like a dominant workhorse guy. Now, there were things to like about him. You know, I, I love how nuanced he is as a runner. He just does these little things that are so well. Like, he, he knows how to plant his foot in the ground. He knows how to get upfield. He knows how to get yards. And those things are great. And, you know, a lot of young running backs, they don't have that. And that was something I really enjoyed watching on his tape. Also, he, again, he didn't hate being in, in a committee. You know, when he was with, with Mixon down there last year, he was fine with it. You know, and he actually worked that committee really well. And I think that's something the Redskins could look to, look to do in the future with him. Because I'm fine with him being in a committee. He's a fine player. Also, what I really liked about him in college was just his overall strength. Not just his, like, contact balance or anything like that, but mostly, like, his ability to where when guys hit him, they're falling backwards. Now, again, he's not always staying up, and that is something we're going to talk about later with his weakness. But guys bounce off him because he is a brick. He is a legit bowling ball, and he is solid. And, you know, it's kind of weird because you saw this guy who, I think it was in 2014 or 2015, broke the college football rushing record in one game against Kansas. I think he ran for like 300 yards in a game, which was crazy. But that was that was P. Ryan when he was like smaller, kind of quicker guy. And since then, he's really gained a lot of weight. And it's not bad weight, it's a lot of muscle. And he has gotten really solid and really strong. And that can kind of be construed as two different ways. You know, I don't think he's ever going to be an elite kind of guy or even a star back in the NFL when he has the weight he, he has on right now because I just don't think he's as elusive or as fast or anything like that to be that star running back. But what he is right now is he can be a good committee back or a good change of pace type guy or even a fill-in starter like we've, like we've seen these last two games. So I don't think the P-Ron that we're seeing now can really be a star, but I think what we are seeing now is a player who can be a very good role type player in the NFL for a long time, which out of a fourth round pick, that's all you can really ask. You know, you, you don't ask your fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round guys to be star players. You draft them and hope that they are on your roster for five to ten years and they provide a good role. If they become stars, that's fine. That is perfectly fine if they become superstars. You know, it's more than fine. It's it's how you win. But if they are just players who stick around for a long time, who provide a role for your team, if they are like Matt Ioannidis type guys in the sixth round, Chase Ruye in the sixth round, Martrell Spate in the sixth round as well, all these type of guys, all in like the sixth round, stuff like that, that is fine. You can build your team around guys like that who just are on your roster, late round guys. And I think P. Ryan's kind of that. He's a guy who's going to stick on the roster for a while, and that's kind of always what I saw of him coming into college. Now, to break down this year and and what he has really done this year, he started off so poorly this season. He was very indecisive, which is really weird to see out of Samaj P. Ryan. Now, like when you watch him in college, the last thing you would ever say about P. Ryan was indecisive. You could say that, you know, when he gets that ball, he was gone. He was just going forward. He was getting what the defense gave him. He was going forward. 
that's something that was really good about him coming into the pros because a lot of young running backs, they like to dance. They like to sit in the backfield. They like to do stuff like that. And it's like fun but aggravating, if, I, if you guys know what I mean. A lot of running backs, they love to dance. Joe Mixon was actually a perfect example. I love Joe Mixon. I think I thought he was a top 10, top 15 player in, in the last draft because I really do love his combination of speed and athleticism. But he danced way too much in the backfield. And that is something that's going to hurt him. And that's something that has hurt him a little bit. Where Samaj P. Ryan, when you watched him, the reason why they complemented each other so well was P. Ryan, when he got that ball, he was going forward and he was just going to run into you. And he could, you could do those new, little nuanced things as a running back that guys like Mixon didn't do. Where Mixon's a better athlete, P. Ryan's a better running back because he understands the importance of just getting those yards and putting his foot in the ground and getting forward and getting those yards. Now, when he first came into the year, when he first came to the Redskins this year, early in the year, he was so hesitant and so inconsistent, and he had no confidence. He was fumbling left and right. He was missing holes. He didn't understand cutback lanes. And it was really weird seeing that Samaj P. Ryan. Because, again, when, when this guy was drafted, I, I think I tweeted out, I said, there's the Redskins starting running back right there. Because, like, no shot on Rob Kelly. I think Rob Kelly is a fine young running back who is okay. But P. Ryan just is a running back. That's what he is. Kelly was a fullback in college. And it kind of shows a little bit with the way he runs. Whereas Pirine, I, I saw something more in him. I saw a guy who can consistently get you four or five yards. And that is something that the Redskins need. They don't need a huge, big play guy, which, you know, I, I want that now. Because it's definitely something that Kirk Cousins and all them need. But he wasn't really that huge, big play guy. So early on in the year, I mean, Pirine was just running so inconsistently, and it was really hard to watch. But these last two games, when he has become the starter, and they've given him 20 carries a game, you've seen the ability that Pirine brings to a game. So to kind of transition into the positives that he has shown these last two games, he has gone back to that college style where he is going to put his foot in the ground and he's going to just run forward. And it's really been a big thing that Redskins need because holes have been there all year. They really have. When Redskins run these stretch plays, they run these dive plays, holes have been there. It's just Kelly and P. Ryan early in the year were missing them. Now P. Ryan is finding those holes. So his vision has definitely improved these last couple games. And it all starts with his ability to get low, plant his foot in the ground, and get upfield. And that is something that we've been waiting on all year out of him. And finally, finally, he has been doing it. I am so glad that he is doing that now because it is it was a big part of his game in college. And it's so exciting to see him actually do that now again in the pros. So that's huge. Although his contact balance isn't perfect, which we're gonna again, we're going to get to that in a second. His ability to just kind of have defenders bounce off him and fall forward for positive yards has definitely improved. Now, again, early in the year, he was taking hits, absorbing hits and falling backwards and wasn't really shedding any contact. These last two games, when he's making contact with players, he's initiating the contact, which is which is great for a running back, which is something you really want to see out of a running back, especially a guy with his size. He's initiating the contact, and he's dragging defenders, which is big. It, it helps not only around the goal line, it helps in short yardage plays, and it helps on those first and second down runs that you're trying to get four or five yards to establish a drive. So those things have been great with Piran, and I think his catching has slightly improved recently. Now, again, it's not a strength, and I again, I'll get to that here in a couple minutes when we go to weaknesses. But his catching has slightly improved, and his ability to, again, read his blocks on screens and get upfield has gotten a lot better. So all those have definitely improved. And again, he's just running with more confidence now. He's he's not fumbling the handoffs as much, or at all, really. He hasn't fumbled at all the last two games. And he's just grinding out yards. Now, again, he's not grinding them out at, at 20 yards a pop, you know, getting those big 20-yard, 30-yard splash plays, and then falling down for two yards for the next five plays. He is consistently getting those four, five, six yards, occasionally breaking off like a 15-yarder. And that's what a real NFL running back does. So these last two games, we've actually seen the Redskins have like a real NFL running back, which we haven't seen with Cousins 
in a lo- in a while. I mean, Alfred Morris was declining. Matt Jones was, you know, Matt Jones. Rob Kelly was average for for most of last year. And with P. Ryan these last two games, we've actually seen what a real running back can do in Gruden's offense and when he actually gets carries. So those are all my positives with P. Ryan. I'm really excited about him. Before we jump into our weaknesses, though, I just want to remind you guys to check out Locked On Redskins on iTunes. Again, I love your guys' reviews and everything you guys do on there for me. I, I mean, I, I get more and more reviews every single week. We are a five-star podcast right now, so let's try to keep that up. But we, we will see you with more reviews. Uh, I know I can't please everybody. But be sure, again, to guys, to go on to iTunes, rate, review, subscribe, have some fun with it. So it is Locked On Redskins on iTunes. Check it out on there, guys. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Now, to get into the weaknesses of Samaj P. Ryan's game is, again, he does struggle to shed tackles, and a lot of that has to do with contact balance. Now, I know I've said this a couple times throughout this podcast today, what contact balance is, but contact balance is basically the ability to absorb a hit, stay on your feet, contain your balance, and to keep moving forward, and to not kind of go down on the first hit. Guys who are excellent at this, like the, probably the best guy that I've seen at this year. I know he struggled the last couple games, but Kareem Hunt, when he first came to the league, and honestly throughout all of his college career as well, Kareem Hunt is excellent with contact balance. Now, when a guy hits him, he almost always stays up on the first contact. It usually takes two, three guys to bring him down. LeGarrette Blunt's another guy like that, another big body guy, and Piron is a big body guy like those guys. So I don't understand why he struggles with this. I don't know if it's because his lower body isn't, isn't flexible enough. I think he's he's a little stiffer than a lot of running backs, and it does kind of hurt him. But yeah, his contact balance is poor, especially for a bigger, stronger, like muscular type guy. It is kind of a weakness of his that the Redskins can't really afford with the starting running back. That's why I always kind of thought he was more of a committee type guy. Just his inability to break those tackles is big. I think he's not. I think he's a pure two down back. I I know I I said earlier that he has gotten better with his catching. But you just see way too many drops still. I mean, they. I think he had two drops last game against the Giants on on five targets where, you know, on his three catches he looked good. But you can't have those two drops, and those definitely hurt your team. Again, his big weakness also is just his inability to kind of break off those long runs. His long speed is definitely an issue. I think his short area lateral quickness is also kind of an issue. Like I said, he is great at planting his foot in the ground and just going forward. But if you're asking him to make a guy miss in space, it's not going to happen. If he has, if he meets a linebacker in the hole, the best he's going to give you is he's going to collide with them and fall forward, which is fine. It is fine out of a committee back or a fill-in starter like he has been this year. But out of your star, your starter, your above-average running back, you can't have that. You need a guy who has that ability or some wiggle to at least make a linebacker miss every now and then in the hole. And Piran just doesn't give you that. It's fine. It's not a huge issue. Again, I don't see him as this star starting running back, but I do see him as a good role player. And that's just kind of what he is. He's going to be your guy who who drives forward, like, you know, makes contact with the defender and falls forward. It is fine. Four yards of carry, three, three and a half, four yards of carry, it's fine. It's not the worst thing in the world to have a guy like that. It's just if he is your consistent starter for every year, you're going to eventually feel underwhelmed by him eventually just because he's not giving you those big plays. He's not giving you those big broken tackle numbers, that ability to make a difference. And that's not what P. Ryan is. P. Ryan, 
in like in summary, Piran is a very good role player. He's a good role player as in he will get you those four or five yards. He will get you goal line carries. He'll get you short yardage plays. And he will run forward. When he's playing confidently, he will pound forward and he will get tough yards. But he is not a guy who makes a difference for your team. He's not a guy who is the difference between winning a Super Bowl or not making the playoffs. He's not that kind of guy. So in my opinion, the Redskins still have a big need at running back. They still need a a stud to start. They still need a guy like Nick Chubb. They still need a guy like Darius Geis, a big, powerful guy who can catch balls out of the backfield, who can make guys miss, who has that elusiveness. I want those type of guys on this team. But again, if the Redskins went into next year, say with Darius Geis in the first round, Samaj P. Ryan is their split-time guy, and Chris Thompson is the third-down guy, I think that running back group would be borderline elite. I really do think that group would be great. But it is still to be said, or still to be heard for next year. We will see. But again, as of right now, P. Ryan is playing really well, and I really hope he continues this hot streak he's on because he's been a big part why the Redskins won this last game and almost pulled off the upset in New Orleans the week before. All right, guys, that is all I have for today's show. Again, be sure to tune in tomorrow as we have Don Ray Marinas of the Cowboys Wire coming on, and we shall have that up by around midnight tomorrow as we talk Redskins and Cowboys, this new Cowboys team and this new Redskins team, even though they both play are playing a lot different from where they were earlier, so it'll be interesting to to kind of look at where these two teams are at currently, along with me probably giving Donray some mailbag questions as well because I like to kind of put them on the spot. So we'll have some fun with that, kind of mess with the Cowboys fan when he's on here tomorrow. So again, be sure to tune into tomorrow's show as Donray Marinas of the Cowboys Wire comes on, and I will talk to all you guys tomorrow. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.